Uncommon Sense Advice on your work life, your personal life, and God knows what else. Welcome to How to Do Life with Dr. Marty Nemco. It seems that maybe it's this kind of what I perceive as likely end of capitalism for the near future times, where uh, competition for money is uh, ever greater, that there's ever more ploys that are used on people. And maybe it doesn't just have to do with capitalism at all. It's uh, just some part of the human condition. Um, I'm not talking, going to be talking with you here about scams, you know, like those fishing expeditions where you get emails saying, uh, you know, you're, uh, you need your bank information updated, which of course is generally phony. If you have any doubts, by the way, always Call, go to the website of that bank or of the uh, Comcast or whatever your provider you've got and deal directly through that site. Never respond to those emails. And second, um, of course, similarly, those robocalls where people are calling for an ostensible charity or whatever, uh, but you know, there's no way to verify. It's very difficult to verify uh, the legitimacy of a phone call. Don't, don't make donations or give any personal information on the phone unless you're damn sure that it's somebody you trust. So what I'm going to talk about is not uh, scams, but ploys, some of which have to do with money, many of which don't. Um, I want to talk about a, a core one in relationships. What's getting a lot of play these days is the concept of gaslighting, and it's very appealing because it refers to when usually a romantic partner, or it could be a business partner, but usually a romantic partner, um, makes you feel crazy for believing a certain thing, and, um, and you end up starting to believe it. And so it's very reassuring that when, if you're the person who's constantly getting criticized for being crazy or wrong by your romantic partner, um, it's very appealing to think, oh yeah, that's just gaslighting. And sometimes it is. It's a ploy to gain power. But sometimes one romantic partner is much more often right than the other, and the other is much more often wrong. And so it's not gaslighting. So I want to give you some nuance here. So when if your romantic partner or your boss is constantly saying you're wrong, maybe even saying or implying that you're crazy, it may be a ploy but it may be, is it possible that you have an inflated self-esteem that's making you think you're right a lot more often than you, you are? Of course, I can't you know, help you here, but all the best I can do is say, try to be statesmanlike, dispassionate about it, and think about whether you're getting gaslighted or you're, in fact, wrong a lot of the time. Another scam that's used in relationships all the time is what I call the brownie point scam. Your romantic partner, uh, typically, or a worker does something and wants to extract maximum credit, saying how difficult it was doing this, and oh, am I exhausted, what a day I had today, um, in an attempt to either justify their not very hardworking existence, or to simply get a lot of sympathy, or even you know gifts, or more love, or whatever. That brownie point thing can be, sometimes obviously people are exhausted and at times, and people do deserve credit and etc. But beware of that ploy being used on you where their people are trying to extract extra brownie points and, and goodies from you in excess of what the actual suffering they did. And there's a converse of that, which is 
extra blaming you for something bad. Let's say you forgot your romantic partner's birthday. It's a faux pas, for sure. But when that person then extracts all kind, how could you do this to me? You know how important my birthday is to me. You know, I always remember yours. And, you know, in an attempt to extract lots of, um, uh, not just apology, but often um, recompense in one way or the other. Um, be aware of the extra, whether it be extra brownie points that they want for something that they did or extra blaming you for something bad that you did. Another ploy that's very common is feigned interest. That is interest that's not legitimate. And that could be a salesperson who's, you know, really asking you questions and nodding and body language leaning forward. Their salespeople are trained to do that to listen well, to ask questions, to smile, even flirt a little. But it's not real. All they see, most salespeople, or many, I won't, let's, let me just say many, don't see you as a person. They see you as dollar signs. And their interest or their other kind of ploys, which we'll discuss in a, in a moment, are not about you, but it's about your dollars. So be careful when you're just, you know, if. You're having to deal with a salesperson rather than simply buying something on Amazon and reading, making your decision based on your clear needs and your reader reviews and the reader reviews, etc. You know, be sure you're not overly swayed by the salesperson's very carefully trained manipulations. And of course, that can also be true in the romantic d domain. There are some people, and frankly, the more desperate they are, the more they're likely to use these ploys. They'll either dress super sexy if, you know, knowing that many people are attracted by physical sexuality, especially in the beginning, and it may fade over time, but right now, dressing sexy, male or female, is, is a ploy. It's like gift wrapping, um, getting people to judge on the gift wrapping rather than the person inside. So be careful of somebody who is dressing too sexily or acting too sexily. You know, just doing things physically that imply a certain, um, you know, flirtation. How much of that is legitimate? How much of that is a ploy? You know, of course, sexuality is a part of a relationship, and it's and it's you know it's not to be ignored. But just be careful that you're not being overly swayed by what ends up being uh, a ploy, and then goes away once, the, say, after in some cases, um, after the marriage after the wedding. Um, so be careful of say, feigned interest, whether it's from a salesperson, a romantic partner, or somebody you say who's at work who would like to get a promotion, and they're kissing up to you in various ways, flattering you, uh, offering to help, flirting, whatever. You know, it's easier said than done, but try to avoid making judgments based on something other than the merits. Um, okay, let's see what else. Yes, this is a, not as often a uh, uh, the case, but it's I've seen it used a number of times, and that is a person discloses some something bad about themselves, but it's relatively minor. Oh, when I was a teenager, I was a shoplifter. Oh, I went to uh, to Thailand to Bangkok, uh, you know, where you know when I was twenty five, and I took advantage of uh, uh, the red light district or whatever. And the goal there is not to be disclosing it as part of a relationship, but making a relatively innocuous disclosure in order to get a bigger one from you. Uh, 
that could be used either to blackmail you or otherwise exert power. So be careful about disclosing too much about yourself, say your finances or your big errors you've made or are currently making, unless you're darn sure that you can trust that person to not use it against you. I want to make another comment about, you know, talking about dressing sexily. Well, that's actually a subset of a larger uh, ploy that's used, which is fancy trappings. Um, very often, when the product within isn't so great, they spend a lot on uh, very attractive packaging, whether it's a packaging in a store uh, for a supermarket, in a supermarket item, or I do recall a, an investment advisor who uh, had a very fancy office with beautiful walnut wainscoting and gorgeous furniture with soft chairs, and he had a nice fancy address, and it turned out he was a fraud. And uh, he took people's money, and it was a Ponzi scheme. And uh, so generally people who are very good don't need fancy trappings. No, they don't need to be working in a hovel. They don't need to be dressed in a T-shirt like I usually wear. But, you know, when, if somebody is dressed to the nines, you know, dressed for success suit, great you know, expensive watches, all the rest of that, beware that, the, that all that effort is being used perhaps as a ploy to hide the less less impressive product within. Okay. Um, and I probably should have done a better job of putting this in a more logical order, but I, I, I'm sorry. Um, hopefully it's still helpful to you. There are people who play emotional blackmail. Let's say, whether it be in a romantic relationship, Let's say you're in a relationship and you really know you need to get out. This person is too high maintenance, has got too many problems, uh, or simply the, the, you know, there's just too many incompatibilities that have only come clear after the infatuation was over. And this person is terrified of losing you, so they say, I'd be lost without you. I've even heard of a case where somebody said, I would be, I'll commit suicide if you leave me. Well, that kind of emotional blackmail, of course, is a ploy and can be used very powerfully. Beware of that kind of thing being used on you, whether it be by a romantic partner, or let's say you are a uh, you're a boss, and you have a coworker who's not a good performer, and you want to let them go, and they they you emotional blackmail. I would be destitute without you. I have a family. I have children. I I can't afford to lose my job. The job market is terrible with the COVID. And maybe you know we're all human, and we may want us to give in to the emotion. But if you think about what's best in general, overall, for the coworkers, for the customers, for yourself, and if it would be better to replace that person, try not to get sucked in by emotional blackmail. All right. Um, when I come back, I'm going to talk about other ploys. Uh, ploys are very common in negotiation. We'll talk about uh, ploys in negotiation and ploys in ads um, that manipulate you to buy what you really, uh, on the merits, would not buy. Anyway, I'll be just about 10 or 15 seconds. I hope you'll stay with me. You're listening to How to Do Life with career and personal coach, Dr. Marty Nemco. If you'd like to work with him, email him a description of your situation, mnemco at comcast.net. That's M-N-E-M-K-O at comcast.net. Marty is pleased if you choose to subscribe to this podcast. If you're not listening to this on Simplecast, just go to how-to-life.simplecast and click on listen and subscribe. I do thank you for staying with me. We are talking about ploys that are used against people all the time, often, 
and trying to arm you uh, by being aware of them so you don't succumb. So as I promised, I want to talk about some ploys that are used in negotiation. Probably the most common ploy is a lowball offer. Um, employers know that if they make a really low offer, there's a natural tendency for the employee to be grateful even for a small improvement over that. So let's say in the employer's heart of hearts, they're willing to pay 150000 a year to the person. They might say, well, uh, he, uh, I can offer you uh, 105 That's the best we can do. Uh, and I think it's a good offer. Right? And that could be a complete lie. The person is disappointed, of course, with the 105 but very few, unless they're really, su if they're superstars, then they have a lot of negotiating, negotiating leverage. But if they're one of a million good employees, but not great, and you get a job offer and you want 150 and the offer comes in at 105, you're going to negotiate, but you're going to often feel grateful if you got 120 or 130. And you rationalize, by saying, well, it's a good job, learning opportunity, blah, 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 blah. Beware of the lowball offer. That, the antidote to that is doing your homework. What are you really worth in the market? What is your fair market value? And if they're giving you a really low ball offer, first of all, that's a sign that maybe that's not an employee you want to work for. And you may just want to reject them out of hand. It is not uncommon that they'll come back to you and say, oh, we were able to do a lot better. We can offer you 140. Okay. So, but doing research on what your fair market value, comparable salaries from various websites. And some of them are salary websites, but remember this can happen on the other way around, it could be about car prices, where they, you know, this the most obvious is the sticker price on the car. The sticker price on the car, you know, may say it's forty thousand uh, dollars, and then with the uh, upgrades and other, whatever they put on the at the dealer level, it's forty-seven thousand. Where deep down they could sell it for thirty-five thousand, but they're starting from this highball number, so that so they make you feel like you're getting a deal if you get a couple a couple thousand dollars in discount. The answer is in research. If it's a car, go to Consumer Reports or uh, uh, there are other websites that list the actual cost of the car, including cost of the car to the dealer, including hidden, um, uh, I don't know if kickbacks are the right word, but additional money that the, that the car dealer gets even below the so-called wholesale cost. You need to know from where you're working. And if it's, again, if it's a job thing, you need to know what the... Uh, uh, you know, what is your true fair market value, roughly. Another negotiation ploy that, um, that whether it be a vendor of a product, like a car or jewelry or whatever, or it be an employer, is feigned anger. That's pretending to be angry. So let's say, uh, we'll go back to the job thing. They've offered you a lowball offer of 105 and you say something like, well, it looks to me like fair market value is 150, and here are my comparables. And they said, no, you know what? That real, those are really wrong. And I'm sorry, and explain, you know, some rationalization. And he, he's not really angry, but he's faking it, and may even walk away and say, I'm sorry, I think we'll need to uh, go to our next candidate. That can be a game. That can be a ploy. And that five seconds of playing actor like that can result in that, that person getting 10, 20, 30, thousand dollars in money from you because nobody wants to be uh, have people angry at them so you feel like oh my god maybe I was wrong he was so angry my god it must be I must be off base and suddenly you've given away a lot of money beware of the feigned anger ploy 
And one more um, negotiation ploy I want you to be aware of is good cop, bad, bad cop. So the guy has offered you 105, and it could be a woman, of course, you know, offered you 105,000, you feel 150 is fair. And he, the, you're, the, the guy is a good cop and said, you know, I think you're right. I think, you know, it was very persuasive that comparables you sent me. I think you're right. I think I can get you, you know, pretty close to that 150. Let me just speak to my boss and uh, I'll get back to you. That's the good cop. There is no bad cop in reality. But he comes back and he says, man, I tried my hardest. I did my very best for you. I could only get him to move up to 107. You know, I know that's a long way from 150, but I couldn't, I couldn't get more. That's good cop, bad cop routine. Beware of that. The antidote to that is try to negotiate with the person who's the ultimate decision maker so he can't say, I'm going to go to my boss. Try to negotiate with his boss. Okay, and now I want to finally turn to some manipulations that advertisers use to get you to buy what you really don't want to buy, to spend more on what you want to spend. It's done particularly virulently with luxury items. Um, jewelry, watches, luxury cars. And, you know, ploy number one is, uh, one of the oldest in the book is that sex sells. You'll always see beautiful women in jewelry, in, in gorgeous jewelry. On vacations, you're going to see the, the, the expensive vacation packages. You'll see the sexy couple cavorting in pre-sex uh, in the ocean. Uh, uh, luxury watches, luxury cars. There is always beautiful people uh, in those, which the implication is if only you overspend on this jewelry, on this fancy vacation, on these watches, on these luxury cars, you too will have a greater, a better sex life. Beware. Right? That's also, I think about, you know, magazine clothing, you know, designer fancy clothing in, in, in these magazines that are, or fashion magazines. Makeup. Again, only gorgeous people are in these, you know, makeup ads. If you only wear our makeup, which costs almost nothing to make, but they charge a fortune for it, you too will be sexy and gorgeous and, you know, meet the person of your dreams or whatever. Um, and of course, as I said earlier, uh, sex sells in when somebody's trying to attract you. Yes, sexuality is important, but if somebody is trying too hard to be sexual, uh, sexy dressing, you know, uh, tight-fitting this and etc., um, that can be a ploy. You want to judge the whole person. Yes, sexuality, but that ain't the whole bandwagon, the whole uh, whole shebang. Um, speaking of bandwagon, that's another um, technique ploy that advertisers use all the time. They always say. Millions of people join the thousands who use our product. The millions have approved. You know, everybody wants, people are insecure. And so they want to feel like they're not the only one who's using it or, or a guinea pig. So they use what's called the bandwagon technique. They make it imply that this product is so popular. When they say it's the number one bestseller, well, within what little group? It could be one one bestseller in the nation or the world, or it could be in some little, you know, in small print, they may say, you know, number one in, 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 in a survey in, in 2017 of uh, 230 people in a sample. Don't make your decision to purchase based on some bandwagon thing, unless it's people you, you know, you really respect. Speaking of that, one manifestation of the bandwagon technique is celebrity endorsements and testimonials. You know, the unassuming person may think, oh, well, if this person who I really respect 
uh, endorses this and is saying this is this this product is fabulous. Well, it probably must be pretty good. No, it could be, but more often the celebrities paid big bucks to endorse that product. They may have to use it legally for some short amount of time to be able to say, I use this product and I love it. Be careful. Make your decision about what to buy based on large numbers of reader reviews, whether it be on Yelp or Consumer Reports or Amazon, not on celebrity endorsements, not some commercial or advertisement, join the bandwagon, or not on, you know, where they make it all look like your life will be one big, happy, successful sex life if you buy this expensive jewelry, watches, luxury cars, makeup, clothes, whatever. Anyway, so those are the uh, um, uh, some major ploys that are often used on us, and I'm trying to arm you against them so that you can make decisions that you're actually happy with. I'm just going to briefly go over them again. Number one, of course, avoid scams like phishing expeditions where they email you and they say, you've got to update your contact information at this bank or utility or whatever. Only go to the website. Robocalls, again, there's no way to really know whether legitimate that call is legitimate or not. Don't make any donations or anything or give away your private information like social security number or driver's license or address even uh, to somebody who's calling unless you really know them. The other next scam is the brownie point scam where they, your usually romantic partner or boss or coworker uh, complains about how much work he or she did for uh, you know on your behalf or whatever and therefore is trying to exaggerate the amount of recompense they deserve. Conversely, extra blaming for bad. In other words, if you've screwed up uh, and that person ex exaggerates the amount of suffering that they uh, they suffered as a result, getting again, trying to get more from you. Beware of gaslighting. If somebody's always saying you're wrong, you're wrong, you're crazy, you're crazy. Sometimes it, that, that is a ploy. They're, they're trying to make you doubt yourself. But sometimes not every pair of people are equally right all the same amount of time. Sometimes one person, one partner, whether it be romantically or personally or uh, professionally, is much more often right than the other. So take an honest look inward and, and try to assess whether you're being gaslighted or simply somebody who's correctly pointing out that you're wrong a lot. Beware of feigned interest, whether it's uh, a salesperson or a romantic person, if they, they're really listening and nodding and asking questions and smiling at you and tilting their head and whatever. That could be real, but very often it's feigned. So don't fall for that. You know, when you want to buy a product, buy it on the merits. If it's a romantic potential partner, judge that person on their totality. And especially, you know, very often in the romantic situation, people are on their best behavior the first one, two, three times. But watch the arc of their behavior over time. Is it getting worse? Is it getting better? That's a, a much more valid way to judge somebody than to immediately have, be sucked in by that first impression of somebody who's fully engaging and listening and smiling and etc. Okay, beware of people making a small disclosure in order to get a big one out of you. Saying they shoplifted when they're 17 to try to get you to talk about your dishonest business dealings now, be careful to let, not let that mini disclosure make you open your mouth too much. Fancy trappings, watch out for it. That's a, a, a more broad example of the sex, the dressing sexy. You know, places that people who dress too fancy uh, or work in too fancy digs, especially if they're self-employed and they want your money, be careful. Really good people don't need super fancy trappings. Judge the product, not the gift wrapping.
Beware of emotional blackmail. I'd be lost without you. Maybe, but you really need to evaluate where the you and your life and the greater good will accrue with you staying in that relationship, whether it be a, a romantic relationship uh, or a uh, professional relationship, somebody who's working for you. Do you, on the merits, what will really yield the most good? In negotiation, be aware of the lowball techniques because that lowball, if they give you a lowball offer, it's very tempting for you to take it or something close to it. Uh, beware of feigned anger and the walkaway technique where they pretend to be angry with your offer, but they're really not. And beware of the good cop, bad cop technique where the person says, I think you're right. I think you should get that higher money or whatever, more money. And they say, I just have to speak to my boss. And then the boss comes back, I'm sorry, the boss wouldn't say yes. That's, again, that's a, that's a technique. Guarding ads, again, sex sells. Buy your product on the merits, not some romanticized, probably unrealistic vision of what it's going to do for your sex life, especially they, where they tend to use sex uh, in advertising. It's jewelry, watches, luxury cars, makeup, clothing. Beware also of celebrity endorsements. It doesn't necessarily mean they really love the product. They get paid a lot of money to endorse products. Judge it on the merit, on Amazon reviews, on Yelp reviews, on Googling it, on uh, the word reviews, not on some celebrity who may or may not really love the product. And finally, beware of the bandwagon technique. They try, everybody feels a little insecure about making especially a major purchase. And so advertisers will often say, join the millions of people who do whatever. Well, that can be that millions may have a lot of small print behind it. So be careful. Those are some ploys I want you to consider being arming yourself against. In any event, I like to end each show by saying we find, especially in these times when there is such polarization uh, and we tend to hide ourselves in our ideological bubbles and reject everybody outside the bubble as wrong. I love this quote. We find comfort among those who agree with us, growth among those who don't. You've been listening to How to Do Life with Dr. Marty Nemco. For comments on the show or to consult with Dr. Marty Nemco, his email address is mnemko at comcast.net. Post-production of How to Do Life by Terry Rouse. Music by Blue Dot Session. Thanks for listening.